0: The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is
2: your
1: own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle
0: of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Oh, hurry, action.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
2: Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?
1: Welcome to the Butting Heads Podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. As always, I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, preseason football starts next week. We're finally here. Uh, training camp is underway. Are you ready?
2: Yeah, I mean I'm ready to talk about uh, you know some actual football here. Albeit it will be you know backups for the most part. But hey, it's football, right?
1: <laughs> it's football, man. Uh, it's all that matters. We finally seen some camp. We finally seen some uh, clips of Todd Gurley running, no limp. What do you know? Uh, but yeah, we're finally here. August is finally upon us. Uh, this is going out July thirty first. So I guess the next day will be the first game of the preseason, the Hall of Fame game. So excited, man! Uh, We're finally back. It's been a long road, and I guess this will be our last podcast without football previews or recaps in real time.
2: I I know you're really disappointed. So I'll. I know you you miss you're gonna miss the off season. Because you know that's your thing.
1: <laughs> I love the off season. I, uh, you know, it was. Thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast for the last, I'd say, two or three months. Um, we, it, it's definitely hard to listen to a football podcast. I'd say during those months, and I could tell you it's kind of hard to produce one. Uh, we've been scrapping for content sometimes, as I mentioned on the show. But uh, look, I think all things considered, we did a pretty good job getting useful content out there uh, as far as as useful as you can get during those months and we're going to continue to give useful content for you guys uh, and you know speaking of our content if you don't know where to get it uh, i don't know where you've been for the last couple months but please if you enjoy the show if you enjoy any of the shows in the rams Talk radio feed including our other shows rams uncensored and of course rams Talk radio with derek uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or SoundCloud or Stitcher, Android Player FM, Spotify, Radio Public, wherever you're listening. If you don't, uh, if if you if we're li- on a podcast platform that you listen to or not on there, let us know and we'll get there. Uh, also, Johnny, uh, we there's definitely going to be an announcement coming soon from the Ramshock Radio feed, and I asked Derek to give me the info for said announcement and he did not give it to me so i'm not going to talk about it he could talk about it
2: <laughs> uh well i will be attending the uh um training camp on saturday so that'll be that'll be pretty cool i've been uh wanting to go so i uh, i'll be covering live on twitter as well as uh have a nice little wrap up article ready for you guys as soon as possible
1: there you go. Uh, excited for Johnny to be at camp this weekend. If you were there last weekend, I'm sure you saw our friends from Rams Uncensored. Uh, they're wearing their Rams Uncensored t-shirts, so hopefully you saw them and said something. And, uh, of course, if you see Johnny out there, uh, give him a shout. And uh, also, some personal news from me. I have joined the staff at Ramswire from the USA Today. I'm sure you've seen our managing editor, Cam DeSilva, all over Twitter on there. Just want to give a shout-out to him and Derek for making things happen. And I, I'm already writing there. If you want to check out my content, go to my Twitter or go to the website. And clearly I'm still doing this, so nothing's going to change on our end uh, from your two new uh, you know, big-shot media pals over here, right?
2: Big shot media pals, I like it. Also, uh,
1: that's not that's not even what I was talking about. I was talking about this this podcast partnership we're getting into. Oh, I feel <laughs> stupid. Hey, it sounded uh, good.
2: Um, it did. I, I mean, <laughs> to tell you the truth,
1: um, are we um, are we allowed to talk about that right now? I well, I'm not really gonna edit this out, so the listeners, as you know. Clearly, from what we're talking about, we have a podcast announcement coming. Um, but Johnny, I asked Derek for the info today, and he didn't give it to me, so I'm just gonna let him announce it on his show. Ah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we got all that stuff out of the way, all our personal news. So let's get into it. The team news. Uh Sean McVeigh and Les Need signed contract extensions through twenty twenty-three. Obviously, Sean McVay came on in 2017, replacing Jeff Fisher. Well, Snead has been here since 2012. Uh, been a little bit of an up and down road for Snead as a whole, but since hiring McVay, who he did hire, that was his decision, uh, things have gone through the roof. They made a lot of great moves. Uh, I, th- I really like. What's the worst move they made since McVay came on? I feel like the only one you could kind of question is at right now is the Sammy Watkins trade, which wasn't I thought was fine. I think for the year we got it, it worked out.
2: Yeah, I don't see that as a bad as a bad move at all. I mean, it, we needed some kind of spark there, and and you know he did he did okay, you know, and then it turned out to work out for the best, even if it didn't include him in the picture.
1: Yeah. So. Obviously, like, I don't need to sit here and say that I'm excited to have Sean McVay around until 2023. That's just common sense. Look at what the dude has done. He's in his early 30s, and we he's gone to a Super Bowl and has won the NFC West every year. He's been a head coach in the NFL. Uh, so, like, no complaints there. The world, we locked him up. Uh, pay the man whatever he wants. I don't care. He deserves it. Les Snead also clearly deserves it. But it's it's been an interesting road for Les Snead. I mean, you look at the early years. The personnel decisions weren't great. Uh, you know, he, I we've given him credit in this podcast. He has definitely worked the margins in the second, third, fourth rounds of drafts. Uh, he's made some really solid picks, especially on the defense side of the ball in the secondary. Uh, you know, guys like Janoris Jenkins, Tremaine Johnson, and LaMarcus Joyner are all getting paid big money this year. None of them were first-round picks. They all produced well for us. They moved on. They got their bag. Uh, good for them. The the bad, I mean, you look at the bad stuff. I think the bigger crime with Tavon Austin was extending him rather than drafting him. I think it's, in hindsight, you could criticize that pick, but at the time, we all loved it. Uh, we definitely didn't like the extension when it happened. Greg Robinson is obviously a huge blemish, but in that first round, he took Aaron Donald, so it kind of evened himself out. Aaron Donald was, if you remember at the time, not a need pick. We did not need him at all compared to a lot of the other gaping needs on the team, but Les went ahead and took him anyways, and that all worked out. And I think really the only other big negative I could think of was probably kept Fisher a year too long. Uh I don't think the hiring of Fisher was a mistake. I think it set the team in the right direction. But he probably shouldn't have been the guy to move us to L.A. And truthfully, it didn't matter because look where we are now. Uh, Who knows if we would have signed Sean McVay as our head coach if Fisher wasn't the guy to bring us in the first year. So happy to keep both of them. I think Snead more or less has done an incredible job here. And McVay, obviously, what more needs to be said.
2: Well, first of all, Steve, you missed a huge point there. Do you know what you missed?
1: Uh, Are you going to mention Jared Cook?
2: (laughs) No, but I know he's your boy and everything. (laughs) No, you missed that this is not Les Snead's team. This is not Sean McVay's team. This is Jeff Fisher's team. What are
1: you talking about, Steve? Look, I'll be honest. I'm going to defend Jeff Fisher because we – this team – is it his team? No, obviously not. But he definitely wrote the ship in the right direction. We were a fucking joke before he got here. We were literally in the midst of one of the worst stretches in NFL history. The only stretch that was worse was us in the 90s. So, like, he comes in – and the first season we go seven and nine, and everyone, you know, we would have thrown a parade in St. Louis if we were in charge. And by the end of his tenure, we were like, "Why the fuck are we still going seven and 9 Let's turn it up. We were mad about seven and nine. That was a great achievement the first year. So I will give Fisher some credit there. His tenure it went to me. It went a year too long. I think you fire him after year four, and you know that's it. Maybe he gets another head coaching job in the NFL, but. Uh, that last season, that hard knocks, that kind of tanked his stock, and he'll probably never coach again, at least in the NFL.
2: Yeah, I I can see where you're heading there, and I I can respect that because you're right. There was there wasn't a whole lot to to uh, go there, you know, before the system or before the uh, the Sean McVay era started, I should say, but. At the same time, with all the talent that Fisher ended up having towards the end and still couldn't get the job done, uh, I'm grateful that McVeigh is the head coach now. And now he's locked in until 2023, so there's that. Uh, as for Sneed, you know, he, he had some hit or misses. And I think for any general manager who makes, you know, countless decisions that they do are going to hit and miss. I guess in this case, it's just from one extreme to the other. So I guess that's why it's kind of interesting with Snead's case. But, hey, you know what? He he did bring us to a Super Bowl, which is something every team uh, aspires to do. And some teams have never gotten to. So, you know, there's that. You know, it could be worse. We could be the Detroit Lions. But, uh, yeah, I'm I, – I, as much as – Sneed has messed up, and trust me, there have been questionable moves in the past. You brought up Tavon Austin extension, which had to have been one of his worst. but in the end, I think he's done more good than bad, and that's all you really want in a general manager. Of course, you want more good than bad, but you know all in all, I think it it's a good system here. you know Sneed has found some really good talent. you mentioned a couple of them and yeah i'm happy to have him locked into 2023 also
1: yeah it's good to have him he's he's more or less done a great job uh in in a a tidbit too i noticed uh when i was writing about jared goff and you know the looming extension outside of greg robinson he's extended every first round pick he's made Uh, not counting goff but like that's you know that's coming we we both agree that's coming Every one of these guys got an extension with the team. Michael Brockers, Tavon Austin, Alec Ogletree, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff. So, I mean, you got to think the players like this guy. And at least from a first-round pick perspective, he, he's taken care of his guys. Uh, and He inherited Robert Quinn, but he also got a, a pretty massive contract extension as well. Uh, I, I believe his is probably the biggest out of all these guys besides Donald, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, for the most part, I I mean, to be honest, you can almost give him like you you can almost give him like the biggest gold star you could find for finding Donald because, you know, it it isn't as though that Donald was a number one overall pick. You know, there were teams that passed up on him, albeit I'm sure he would have been picked up later on, but still the fact that they That they, you know, went after this guy. It wasn't even a a true position of need, but they still saw the potential in Aaron Donald, and they quite possibly got one of the best guys you can ever draft. So there's that.
1: His two best first-round picks, I'd argue, Donald and Gurley, they weren't things we needed. Uh, You know, Donald, we had Michael Brockers, we had Robert Coon, we had Chris Long. Um, Kendall Langford was still on the team, right? He was pretty good uh, at the time. True. Yeah, so we didn't need a defensive tackle, but it, give him credit. I mean, that's he's going to go down probably as one of the best players at his position to ever play, uh, which says a lot. He's been at Pro Bowl every year he's been, played in the league. Gurley, we're entering the season with Zach Stacey and Trey Mason. I mean, say what you want at, at now, with the benefit of hindsight, at the time, uh, those were Two fairly talented backs. Mason was kind of really he he had a great rookie year. He was emerging as a guy who, you know, I wouldn't say was would have been a three down back, but could have been a lead back in an offense and with a little a thunder to pair with him, which you could argue Stacy might have been. You get Gurley, uh, obviously the rest is history with all three of those guys, and credit to him, man. Uh, I'm definitely excited to keep him. All right, I think we can move on from Sneed. This is the you wouldn't know. This is the final week of our schedule preview. Uh, we're, we've previewed the whole Ram schedule. Right now, we're entering the final four weeks. Johnny, you have the team at twelve and or eleven and one. I have them at ten and two. Yep, that's I, I I I was doing math in my head. So because we're playing all three NFC West teams in these last four weeks, and we already talked about them pretty in depth. We're just going to kind of breeze through them, and we'll obviously talk about the fourth team. But let's start week 14, home against Seattle, Sunday Night Football, uh, another primetime game. Uh, what, quick hit, how, how do you think this game is going to go?
2: Well, let. I mean, this this is going to be an interesting game because it is, it is a primetime game, and on top of that, it's gonna be home, correct?
1: Yep, home for the Rams,
2: home game for the Rams. So, th- no matter what, Seattle always plays the Rams tough, you know. And this is gonna this is gonna be a challenging game, despite it being at home. But in the end, I, I still think that the Rams are gonna pull away with this one. I, I can't imagine that any reason why they couldn't win at home, especially at least in my scenario, they uh, they ended up beating them at home, which is not an easy thing to do, even though they've done it a few times now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I have the the Rams kind of running away with this one. It'll be a close game, but I, I imagine it'll be a score of about 24-23 final Rams.
1: For whatever reason, I feel like Sunday Night Football, it'll be a show uh December in California a little cooler at least I think this one's gonna be a bit of a shootout I got the Rams winning 37 to 35 uh this is a fun late season primetime game man I think I think it'll be a good one uh it should I think we both agree will have some implications in the playoff race at least in the NFC West uh no matter where Seattle is this could be you know battle for the division title this could be a make or break night for Seattle as far as making the playoffs so We'll see. Uh, it's, they're always a tough out for us, whether they're good or not. So it'll be a fun game. Week 15, this is the only non-NFC West game in this block at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it'll. I'm pretty sure this one's going to be America's Game of the Week because it feels like they're always America's Game of the Week. In California, do you guys get the Cowboys at 4 o'clock every week? Or 1 o'clock, I would say? Or does the Rams game overlap it a lot?
2: Well, a lot of times the Ram games will, but you know if there is if they're not on the same time slot as the Rams, they usually will get the nod. Um, it's either them or the Raiders or the or the Chargers. I guess the Chargers kind of make sense now, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah that, Dallas always usually gets the nod for the NFC side.
1: Always, always on that four o'clock game here in New York if the New York teams aren't playing, or unless there's like a a crazy good matchup. Like we'll we'll probably be featured a couple times this year. Obviously that New Orleans game comes to mind. Uh but yeah, I'd expect the national broadcast here. Rematch of the divisional round of the playoffs. The Rams ran rough shot, literally ran all over the Dallas Cowboys and route to two hundred and seventy-three total rushing yards 123 from CJ Anderson 115 from Todd Gurley Uh, really the only game of CJ Anderson's tenure where we got to see that one-two punch as we'd hoped it would look Uh, it was a really fun game to watch and a pretty pretty good game overall the Cowboys uh, they definitely hung in there the the Rams shot out to an early lead but uh, at least seven to twenty at halftime but the, the Cowboys they never quit they they hung in there and Uh, it was a fun game so I guess the Cowboys are basically the same team all they really did in the offseason was replace Cole Beasley with Randall Cobb they're essentially the same team assuming Zeke uh, returns before the season starts which I'd be shocked if he doesn't I think it's more of a statement holdout like we saw from Aaron Donald two years ago so I guess, what do you expect from Dallas, man? Do you think they'll be right in the mix uh, as far as being a contender in the NFC once again? You know,
2: all things considered, you know, this is considering if Zeke does come back, I, I'm kind of, uh, <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, I'm kind of nervous on drafting guys that are holding up contracts after what happened with Le'Veon Bell. But um, yeah, so with with, with Zeke, if we're considering Zeke is part of the equation, which I'm sure he will be, but um, I, I'd imagine that they would still be in playoff contention. I can't imagine them not being because they have a talented team. You know, they have the a very solid core, which is all all they really need. But is it good enough to overcome you know the powerhouses like the New Orleans Saints, like the Los Angeles Rams? I don't think so. And I, I think that's ultimately what's going to be the reason for them losing this game. And, you know, I, I do, I do like what, uh, I do like the addition of Randall Cobb. Um, I, I, I think Cobb is, has a bad rap at the moment, but if he's in the right system and which I think it might be the right system in, in Dallas, he, he could be a solid contributor. So we'll see. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's going to make a huge difference, at least in this game, but uh, I do like the addition of Cobb a lot.
1: Well, they they lose Cole Beasley there, so um, we'll see how they replace that. Obviously, they're replacing it with Cobb. They're both slot guys, but I think they are a little different. So I think Cobb will have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, If he has anything left in the tank, which I feel like he's got a little something, uh, he'll make it known. Uh, For those who are listening to this, like, should I draft Randall Cobb in my fantasy league? Probably not. But, like, I think he'll be a real-life presence and a useful player and a good, a good target for um, Dak Prescott. So we we definitely need to know, and I, I didn't mention this, Travis Frederick is, is back after missing last season with an illness. Obviously a huge return. Uh, happy for him that he's able to get back. One of the best centers in the league, uh, but missed all of last season. And my player to watch here, Johnny – Jason Witten is back. <laughs> um, Was in the booth for ESPN on Monday Night Football last year. Didn't go great. Now he's just back on the team. Uh, I know what some of you are thinking. As I just mentioned fantasy. Like, oh, look, Jason Witten's back. Uh, I can grab him late in the draft. He'll be a good tight end. Don't, because he wasn't a good tight end fantasy-wise the last time he played. But, I mean... I'm curious to see how he looks And like, from a real life perspective. I'm sure Dak will be happy to have him back. It's it's just a nice comfort out there to have a vet like that who's you know, he's old. He's not as good anymore, but he's still a reliable set of hands. You know,
2: you're you're absolutely right. Uh, I I actually do find it interesting to have Jason Witten back on the field. It, why? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, you're talking about a very talented tight end, at least in his prime. But as you mentioned before, the last time he was on the field, he just... It was a body. I mean, he contributed here and there, of course, you know. But I, uh, I don't know if he's going to be a huge factor, at least throughout the entire season. But I don't know, we'll see. You're right. Maybe there could be a resurgence. You never know. But uh for me, the uh the one to watch out for is Amari Cooper. And the reason being is because we've kind of seen two sides of Amari last year. You know, we saw the side of him in Oakland and he just he just looked defeated, man. Like i I get it he was on a a team that was spiraling out of control, but if you saw i mean he was no he he was just as guilty as the rest of the team he wasn't really performing up to what he what his potential could be, and you know the evidence was some of the drop passes it weren't great passes to him, albeit but you know he they was there um and then he moves over to Dallas. And then if there ever was a resurgence in somebody's career, it was Amari Cooper's. Of course, he's a lot younger. So it's, it's interesting because it did take him uh, you know, a few weeks for him to, you know, get familiar with the system, which is expected. But once he got there, man, he was one of the better options out there. And he really did, you know, elevate the Cowboys game to the next level. So, I'm I'm interested to seeing if Cooper can continue this now that he's had a, you know full off season you know he has time to prepare with uh, with Dak. I, I'm really interested to see what what Cooper does the entire season, but so he's he's my X factor in this game.
1: Cooper and Dak both are going to be looking for paydays uh, come the off season. Gun in my head, I think they both get them. I uh, know we've we've talked about Dak and just extending quarterbacks at length look you got the guy there I think you extend him uh, and Cooper if he plays like he did last year with Dak you got to keep him as well uh it's they have a nice young core I mean look I I didn't mention it before we come on this is so I think this is a really good team I think I'm higher them than you I'd say if the Rams and the Saints are kind of the the class of the NFC right now at the top the Cowboys are right there with the Bears as the next best team. I think the Bears are the better defense, but I think this is a much better offense. Dak, I think people will moan, but I think he's a little underrated. I think you know he's—I don't think he's got, but I—I I don't think he's that far behind. Like some people will, he's—he's he's consistent. He's—he's he's a bit reliable. Uh, he's not one that's going to throw you out of a game. He might not be the guy to throw you into a game, but. That's what you have, Ezekiel Elliott there for behind him. Uh, that's what you have—a reliable guy like Amari Cooper And this defense. Johnny, another move I forgot to mention: uh, Robert Quinn. They traded for him. Uh, he's not uh, the same, right. right? He's not the same guy that he was here. But as an edge rusher, you could definitely do worse. He's still a pretty good player. Uh, they've probably have the best inside linebacker core in the league with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander starting Sean Lee the vet backing him up uh this is a really strong team but we mentioned the the upper echelon of teams in the NFC with the the Rams and the Saints uh when you look at the coaches Garrett is is not he's not even a uh Jeff Fisher with a ring level like Sean Payton is I uh, he's not there he's when you when you're going up against these powerhouse teams in the playoffs and you kind of go into the game like knowing that you're going to get out coached, it's it's kind of a tough pill to swallow this thing and to me I, i know it's hard to fire garrett after the playoffs i know more or less they've had a successful run under garrett but like it just doesn't seem like you're going to get over the hump with this guy as your head coach to me.
2: Yeah. J- Jason Garrett is by far one of the more overrated coaches I'll say in the league, but
1: I don't even think he's overrated. I, Cause like who, who thinks he's good outside of Jerry Jones?
2: <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Yeah. that That's kind of where I was getting to is, uh, i i don't understand jerry jones's fixation with with garrett as as the head coach i i think that's partially why they haven't been able to improve but yeah i i i just i don't understand it man i i really don't but uh who do you who do you have uh winning this game
1: i got the rams twenty seven to twenty three uh i th- and I could see it being like last year where we're kind of in control, but it's still a close game. I could see it going the other way. Uh, this, this is going to be a big game, probably seeding implications, uh, unless one of these teams kind of implodes. And I, I I don't really see that happening unless Garrett completely loses the locker room. But I, I think both of these teams are too talented to fail. Uh in terms of just missing the playoffs. And I think they'll both be – this will have huge playoff implications. But I do think the Rams come out on top. What do you got?
2: So I'm kind of with you on on how I do think that the first half will be very competitive. I I think at some point it will still be like a question whether – you know, who's going to actually win this game. But I see, you know, uh, a more experienced Sean McVay – not compared to Garrett. I'm just saying he's a, a little bit more seasoned after last season. So I see him actually turning this game around and, you know, running away with this game and I see them winning 34 to 20, you know, it's going to be a close first half, but in the second half, it I think McVay and the Rams, you know, just kind of take control of the game and never give it back to the Cowboys. So, I'll say final for the Rams.
1: Yeah, it it should be a fun game. Uh, Definitely one of the games in the schedule I'm looking forward to more. Week 16, or you know what? Before we get to week 16, Johnny, we got to tell our fans and anyone who hasn't listened to this book or read it, I mean, there might be an audio book somewhere. Hollywood's (laughs) team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. We talk about it all the time. But we're talking about it because it's a good book, man. Uh, it's If you want to learn about the team's history in the 1950s, the era of Glitz, Glamour, and hall future Hall of Famers, with a bit of a personal touch from author Jim Hawk's father, John Hawk, an offset lineman for the team in this era from 1953 to 1957, this is the book you want to read, man. It's, it's great from a historical perspective as well as a personal perspective. You will learn about some great players in this book, uh, not only John Hawk, but... Crazy likes Hirsch, Tom Fears, Les Richters, Norm Van Brocklin, Bob Waterfield. Uh, you're going to learn about the Rams as a whole throughout the '50s, the NFL as a whole through the '50s, Los Angeles as a sports city, and how how they brought the Dodgers there and how people felt about it. Uh, it's just an awesome story and a great book and and very well written by our friend Jim Hawk. And if you want to get your hands on a copy, head over to Hollywoodsteam.com or Find this book in hardback in electronic form on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And the hardback is coming in September. Or sorry, the paperback. Hardback's already out. Uh, Look, if you're a hardback kind of guy or girl, it's an awesome book. Uh, Feels great in your hands. Can't go wrong with holding the book. But the paperback's coming soon. And it's available in electronic form as well. Guys, we both read this book. We wouldn't keep plugging it like this if we didn't think it was worth your time and worth every penny. Admittedly, it took me a while to listen to And if you're listening to this this segment and you haven't read it, look, I'm telling you, it's worth your time. Go check it out. It's a great story about a person's father and the legacy left behind, as well as just good history about the Rams. Again, Hollywood's team, grit, Glamour and the 1950s Rams by Los Angeles by Jim Hawk. Uh, It's well worth your time. Week 16 at San Francisco. The big question here is, will this game be meaningful for the 49ers?
2: That's that's going to be an interesting
1: <laughs>
2: an interesting viewing here because you have two in my opinion going to be the two top teams in the NFC West. So I do think at the moment, if we're going by my logic, that the Rams will be uh, on top of the NFC West and San Francisco I think won't be too far behind so I think this is gonna be a game that counts uh, week 16 which is kind of odd because when you go back to previous years the games against San Francisco were so meaningless towards the end of the season but yeah I I do think this is gonna be a a game that both teams are gonna have to take very seriously because uh, playoff implications will matter here in my opinion so it's going to be it's going to be a definitely one that either team is going to want to win this game.
1: Yeah, here's what's going to happen. The 49ers are going to come in 8 and 6 pushing for a playoff spot. This will be a big game, a must win for them going up against the the 12 and 2 Rams. Yeah, 12 and 2 Rams uh, who are going to be looking to clinch a playoff clinch clinch the NFC Big game for both of these teams, and I think the Rams will put the 49ers out of their misery with a 21-14 scrappy defensive win. Both teams will have played each other. They're going to know each other. Both teams are going to come play, and I think the Rams are going to pull it out in in a slugfest here uh, and clinch the NFC uh, first round by home field advantage and kind of end the 49ers season at the same time.
2: So I I don't know if I could give like an accurate prediction to be honest that the 49ers like Steve did.
1: I just but ran through their schedule to make sure it's possible for them to be 8 and 6 here and it's possible. <laughs> uh it's possible. Uh I
2: I could believe that. So for me I'll say that there is playoff indicate uh implications here and I think that the 49ers may not be you know, kicked out necessarily, but I think this will hurt their odds a little bit for sure. But like you said, I think it's going to be a big defensive game. I think both sides are are going to show some big plays on, on the defense. In the end, I also see it as a redemption game for the Rams because in my predictions, the only loss so far that the Rams have sustained is from the 49ers. At home, they lost. So I see them going to San Francisco with a chip on their shoulder and I think in the end it'll still be a tough game, but the Rams end up winning 27-17
1: final. There you go. All right, final game, week 17, home against the Cardinals. Big question here. Will this game matter for anybody?
2: (laughs) I highly doubt it. I doubt like to think that it would still be a fun game and everything but I I can't imagine this is going to be a competitive game at all because I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be that good of a team to begin with and if either of our records are correct the Rams will likely have home field advantage so no I, I don't think it's going to be a necessary game to be honest
1: Definitely with yours. With mine, they're 13-2, and but big wins against the Saints, the Cowboys. One of the losses coming in the AFC, no divisional losses. I think they will have home field wrapped up here. But the triple threat attack of Blake Bortles, Daryl Henderson, and Josh Reynolds will skid the Rams to victory against a flailing Arizona Cardinal team, 17-7. to The Rams backups take care of business against Cliff Kingsbury and his low powered offense.
2: You know, the funny thing is it almost sounds comical, but if Daryl Henderson turns out to be half as good a player as a lot of people are hyping him up to be, it might just happen. You know, uh, Blake Bortles, while I, I don't like him necessarily as a starter, he is a decent backup and then like you said josh reynolds is a guy that can get things done so um i i agree i can't imagine the rams lose this game although i don't know if it'll be a slaughter because they're not going to have their starters in this so i'm gonna say the rams end up winning this 21 14 final
1: there you have it so i have them finishing 14 and 2 johnny you have them finishing 15 and 1 it's pretty damn good it's pretty damn good and the crazy thing is both are very realistic uh this is a tough schedule i'm not sure if these are gonna happen but i I think you know we broke down every game and i think every game on the schedule is obviously winnable uh you know you kind of go through the season we don't really have any schedule losses in here uh we have back-to-back road games against Dallas and San Francisco near the end of the year. Back-to-back road games against, well, we have Atlanta on the road and then London against Cincinnati, which, I mean, look, if you're going to pick any game on the schedule to be the one you have to travel to London to, you're probably hoping for it to be Cincinnati or Tampa Bay. So, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I don't think we're really going to hit a schedule loss here. I, I think we're going to be in good shape. I, I think it's, it's going to be a good year.
2: Yeah. I, I, I think like you said, I, they're both realistic. There could be, there could be, uh you know, some implications where they, you know, don't win as many games. But I think even if we're both off by a couple games, it's still, it's still going to be a very good season. It, it's going to be tough, especially the first, you know, the first, half of the season, really, is going to be super tough. But in the end, I think that the Rams have a good enough team to maintain these records. And I think if they do lose games, they, uh, it, they'll they definitely learn from their mistakes because this is kind of one thing that we have noticed with, with these uh, Sean McVay teams in the past is even, you know, when there is... You know some kind of difficulty you know McVay is, is a good uh, coach to adjust to the system along with Wade Phillips so I, I'm more than confident that the Rams can finish 15 and one uh, and you know of course this is still very early this is still the offseason technically we haven't even entered preseason yet and you know we we already seen in in just training camp how you know, injuries happen and have already hurt teams like the Cincinnati Bengals with A.J. Green. So, you know, anything could happen with this season. But I think as long as the Rams stay healthy, they they could definitely finish 15-1. and
1: Yeah, and look, if they don't, don't panic. Don't overthink it. As long as we are playing in January, we have as good a shot as anyone to me, uh, barring insane injuries. But... I I think we have depth at a lot of positions outside of the offensive line. Uh, So, I mean, if guys go down, with the exception of Aaron Donald, we got a lot of next man up mentality on this team and a lot of guys ready to step in uh, at a lot of different positions. So, barring everybody getting hurt, I think we'll still be competing for title in January unless Donald is the one that's injured. But knock on wood, let's hope it doesn't panic. And look, don't, don't panic if we lose a couple games to start the year. Like we said, if we're there, we're there, and we're gonna be good. Uh, all right, Johnny, I'm, I'm gonna pivot here from what we had scheduled. We didn't even think about this. You got any thoughts on training camp? You know any any Twitter highlights that have stuck out from you so far? Anything that you've seen that uh, stands out?
2: I gotta I gotta give it up to uh, you know my boy Stephen Action Jackson. Yep. signing a one day contract to retire with the Rams for me. It just, it was meant to be the fact that he's surprised, you know, the team and everything surprised all the fans. I, I thought that was really cool because that, that was something extra special to share. Not only, you know, he, he didn't do it at just, you know, a random moment. He did it where fans were there and, you know, the fans l- absolutely loved it. So, Kudos to the Rams and Steven Jackson, because even though he was in a terrible, terrible era of Rams football, he is still one of the better Rams players to ever play in the franchise. So kudos to the Rams for that.
1: Definitely for you and I, uh, one of the guys that we had the privilege to watch kind of during our our years, we were really actually being able to take in football and it was awesome to see he's not an LA guy only played in St. Louis played on some really shitty football teams Uh, it's it's a miracle and a testament to him that he was able to run for a thousand yards eight straight times given the complete and utter horrible offensive lines and offenses he was playing in I mean Todd Gurley couldn't run for a thousand yards in 2016 and as much as we like to shit on that offense there was a lot more talent on that offense than there was on some of these teams uh and steven jackson was still able to kind of plot through two times he played 12 games and still hit the milestone uh a credit to him every year he was here outside of his rookie year he ran for a thousand yards uh, it's a shame that the patriots won two super bowls in three years and jackson was on the team the year they didn't It would have been awesome to see him get his ring like Chris Long did. I love the guy. If he was on a better team, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Unfortunately, he was here, and he probably won't be. But it was really cool to see one of our guys and kind of the definitive Ram of that era uh, come back and retire a Ram. And hopefully we keep him involved in the future with Legends events
2: absolutely i'd love an opportunity to uh to interview him and hopefully see him more at like ram events like at rams fest or something like that i think that'd be really special for all of us
1: steven if you're listening you're welcome on the pod anytime we would love to have you uh other <laughs> did you see the video of blake bortles making a one-handed catch i did not i missed that one uh, i wonder if if you just search Bortles if it comes up on Twitter. Uh, if you just search Bortles. No, it doesn't, but I swear to God I saw this the other day and it was insane. Uh, I will try and find it again and tweet out the link. But, uh, I just happy the team's back, man. It was nice to see Todd Gurley really running, not jogging. And, uh, it's it's gonna be fun. Uh, I'm excited for you to get out there on Saturday.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I, I'll... I don't know how much I'll get to see of Todd Gurley, but uh, we'll we'll see how how much participation. I'm not looking for the guy to to be, you know, fully practicing out there because, you know, again, this this is him recovering on top of, you know, just getting uh, getting back out there and working out. We don't want to want him to overdo it in you know training camp. It's just not worth it. But the guy, I'm kind of wanting to see more of is uh Cooper cup because yep. based on reports and based on what I've seen, you know, Cooper cup seems to be on his way to full recovery. From what I gather, he's, you know, feeling very energized and that's something, you know, really positive to come back from an injury like that. And, you know, he was one of the reasons why the Rams offense was so dominant last year. So, um, I, I am looking forward to seeing what, uh, Cooper Cup does out there.
1: It's gonna be a big year for Cooper Cup, man. Uh, Coming off an injury, hopefully he can bounce back, be healthy. I think we'd both agree he's Jared Goff's favorite target. I'd say he's the the third best out of the receiving group, but that's like not a negative thing because the other two guys are really damn good. But I think he's the favorite target. He's Goff's safety blanket. You could tell Goff was missing him at times, but all indications, man, he's looking good. A lot of positive feedback. Uh, he looks great in the couple of videos I've seen. So, yeah, definitely got to keep an eye out. And for Gurley, man, he shouldn't be playing really at all this this in training camp. Give the guy as much rest as he needs. Don't play him in any preseason games. Could you guess how many preseason carries Todd Gurley's had in his entire career? I'm going to say five. Not that low, but he's only played in three preseason games, and he's touched the ball, I think it was 18 times. Oh, wow, that Including, was a
2: lot more than I was expecting. Yeah, but that's
1: touches. <laughs> uh, he played in three games, so six touches per game in the preseason, but he hasn't played in the preseason since 2017. Probably will never play in the preseason again. I don't think he needs to. Because, look, he didn't play one preseason game last year, and look how he did. He was fine. Uh, he scored 21 touchdowns and ran for 1,800 yards. So don't panic. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we can wrap it up there. Closing on 50 minutes. I think we can keep it a little short. Next week we can finally talk about an upcoming football game, and we'll try and have some other stuff for you guys. So, Johnny, you got any final thoughts here?
2: Uh, just I'm excited for – For Rams football to finally getting back to us. Because as much as I like uh, tracking the Lakers' offseason moves, uh, I need football in my life, man. I really
1: do. Look, nothing beats the the two-week ride that is the start of NBA free agency. But it's over. That kind of cooled down. Nobody's really out there. So we need it back. But all right. Guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back probably every Wednesday. Until February, at least. So keep on listening. If you haven't given us a five star review, please do. And of course, uh, you could find us on Twitter at Rams Talk. At Sorry, it's at Talk Rams. You can find me at C. Ribeiro. You can find Johnny at Johnny 6 And don't forget to like, subscribe, rate wherever you're getting your podcasts. For Johnny Gomez, C. Ribeiro, talk to you soon.
2: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that, Mm -hmm. we gonna see him soon. You feel me?
0: The NBA is back.
1: Where else can a city this loud be this left on?
0: And 30 feet is still in range.
1: Where else is history still in to mate. The NBA only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.
0: Mother's Day is almost here, and
2: you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day
0: for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers,